ladies and gentlemen, All About Reality is back. My boy, Matt Goodwin, coming to you from the West. I'm coming to you from the East, and we will meet in the middle of our country and talk some football and some fantasy. In RSO season, it's a lot of fun. Trade deadlines around the corner, decisions to be made with the algorithm and with extensions. And goody, we're, we're in the thick of it. We're right in the middle of, a, of this elongated season. How you doing, man? Doing well. When you say meet in the middle, I kind of get hyped for, I, I think, the the link for the logo for the FF Expo um, in August just came out today on Twitter. So I'm getting hyped for that. Just got a lot of things going on in August, but I, I think we're going to make that like, like we talked about. And I, I know that, you know, some of our friends like are in the industry are, are looking forward to meeting us in person. So, and, and I think it would give us a good chance to hopefully meet like, you know, Stephen and Kyle and, 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 you know, maybe Matt as well. So. Yeah, indeed. It's a, it is a, a kind of welcome prospect to imagine meeting those folks in person. It seems like it was a really good time. And, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a good way to kick the frustration or to take the victory laps. And, and right now we're at the point in the season where the decisions we make will determine some of those uh, frustrations or victory lapping that happens in the summertime. And so tonight, we just wanted to talk through that for our listeners. Uh, one big thing that we get over and over again on Twitter is questions about the extension algorithm. And you and I would be the first ones to say, we've speculated about this from the moment we started playing RSO. And just like everyone out there, we are not privy to the secret sauce. We don't know what's, what our players are going to ask for. We don't know what their agents are going to demand. Um, you have tried to break down some numbers and, and do it. Um, and at the upshot, though, is I want to talk on a, on a, a zoomed out level first. Um, I'm playing in six RSO leagues right now. Full disclosure, love them. Every single one of them, they're like different children. I have extended, notably, uh, a gentleman named Baker Mayfield in the, the league that we share in the All About Reality podcast league. Um, he only asked for two years in a 16-team, like two-quarterback league, so I thought that was fitting and good. Um, how many extensions have you ex have you actually laid on folks at this point, Goody? Across. Um, okay. The, in this year, I'm in I'm in three leagues. I think I, I talk about that. I get sometimes I have some invites to do more. Right now, three seems like the good number. Um, I have not used it in the in the pod league, namely because my my players are expensive and and want you know more year like I have Brady and Aaron Rodgers just old quarterbacks I don't know that I want to be giving three years and 125 million ish to those those two gentlemen um and Christian McCaffrey just wants like to be the highest paid player in, in the game which I understand I'd, I think I'd rather take a year-by-year -year approach on that right now just especially with sort of these in, injury injuries and whatnot I, I think he's he's starting to get into a category that you'd lump him in with some other running backs who are considered injury prone who produce in, at similar clips who act, you know, um, legal, legal problems aside, like could, you know, their performance could be viewed as, you know, close to McCaffrey. So in that, so the pod league, no, the writer's league, I used my, tag and extend in the off season on Darren Waller. So I, I don't have that available until, until this upcoming off season. 
and um, probably have to use that tag on Christian McCaffrey, just um, you know, keep keeping him in house. And um, then I did I did extend a player. Um, unfortunately, a week before some news came out um, in the in my other league, and and I think that and when you and I talked about that, and 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 basically, you know, and when it was happening, I, I think that. It was extending a running back for four years, about $98 million. And basically we just decided it was like, you know, well, well less than what market value would be. And almost view that as a two-year contract with an out, kind of almost like his real NFL contract. And so if you got two years of production on that, then, you know, or one and a half and got you what your goals are, then you reassess and it wasn't breaking the bank with also, you know, with the projected rising NFL salary cap, but at least probably going back to the 198, I would think probably even a little more. It seemed like there, there's definitely wiggle room to do that, and and I consulted with a bunch of people in my inner circle on that, and and most of you thought that you know that it was a good idea, even though typically, and we've had some guests here giving four years to a running back, um, depending on what their age is. Age, I think age is very important in that. Um, it is or is potential potentially risky. So I, I think viewing that as a as a as a two and two and if you get two years of production and, and I guess you can apply that same concept to something if if a free agent pops up in an auction and you know Travis Kelsey maybe in, in this upcoming for this year or the, this year that like this past summer I think maybe you could throw him in that category okay fine I'm happy to pay him you know, four years, 150 and pay the 75 million that it's going to take for the two years to be a contender. And then maybe I can unload that or it's, you know, palatable on the back end if he's not, if he's starting to fall off. Yeah, that's well said. There's things about the mechanics that are worth getting under the hood a little bit. And <laughs> when I talk um, extension to people I trust in my inner circle too, and, and, what you're describing is I usually go a three-step process. One, I ask the question, I look uh, typically to see if I have my franchise tag and my extension available. If so, step one is just deciding if I want the player um, controlled year to year, which you and I tend to prefer on the running back front. The second question to that though is, is there a player that could be available on the tag for a much lesser price below market value? Typically we've pointed out that tight ends tend to be universally cheaper on the, on the fr franchise tag. And so sometimes we reserve it just to play that game too. League life cycle dependent, of course. But for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, sometimes you can snag the Mark Andrews and the Wallers of the world way below market by reserving the tag for them. And that's, we we've seen that on occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the next thing that I ask, though, is, is as you say, um, it, once I've determined the preference between the franchise tag and the, and the extension, then I start getting into questions as to, and I think the primary question, the, the most important one is what you just alluded to. When I look at the free agency pool, I, I'm going to the tab, I'm going to contracts, I'm clicking on free agents in the upcoming year, and I'm seeing, I'm just writing down here's the guys that I would actually care to bid on. And if that, if that is a short list, then suddenly I'm willing to pay up like you did for that running back because I'm like, whoa, I, 
this guy is going to get crazy really quickly at auction. Like if there's only like two or three names of that mm-hmm. list. And, and so I just wanted to tell our listeners, like full disclosure, there are ways of doing this, right? Like you can go to the contracts overview, you go to the, the, the position that you're interested in, click on the year that free agency are going to be available. And then know that some of those guys are going to be tagged. Some of those guys are going to be extended, even as you're making that, taking that peak into the future. And, and that's where you can console yourself. And I think you did rightly with that running back saying like, Hey, um, this guy is going to be literally half the price that I would have to pay for him at auction. And, and it makes it a, a viable option for you at that point. So yeah. I think that's good. And I think, I think your process was right. And, uh, and the results may not be what we hoped, uh, I, but I think your process was right. Well, I insured him today a little bit at the deadline too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's one of the better backups in the game, you know, a rookie, a second round rookie deal. So for a second rounder. So I think that's good practice. Um, but I, I think I, I want to elaborate a little bit on, on what you were saying. I think that while people try to figure out what the secret sauce is, I think there's a lot of people who still don't under, understand the fundamentals of how the franchise tag works in our RSO game, who doesn't don't understand how the fifth year transition tag works. And basically, let, let, let's recap on that for a second. First off, franchise tag is the higher of the of 120 percent of your player's salary or the top five positional average of that salary. So, and, and to be clear, what that, what that means is what those salaries that are on the books for next year. So it, in a way, it, it, it's a little bit of a moving target because if an extension is signed by someone this year that pops into that top five, you know, in season, then it'll change, it'll change what that number is. But that number doesn't, that top five positional average once the Super Bowl's happened and the league rolls over, that number does not change based on other players using the tag or anything else. It's all the all the contracts that happened beforehand. So if you have if you have a guy who you know is making an inflated contract, say say someone signed Devontae Freeman for four years a, a while ago, and he and they paid him big in the auction, and, and he's making forty million dollars a year. Devontae Freeman may be the most expensive running back in your league. If that player gets dropped for some reason, just to recoup some of the money, then he, then he would come out of the top five. And in theory, then that, that should bring the average down, but you're always, I think the fundamental piece of what, what does the, what do my NC people get a lot of angst, I guess, against what the in-season op, offers are for extensions because there's a lot of volatility to those. Um, and well, in some cases, there's volatility for players who kind of pop who are not expecting to pop, whereas your, your true superstars are seeking the best deals that have been received in the auction in your league at that position. So let, let me give some examples of that. One of my leagues, I have Devontae Adams. He's expiring. He's making about $25 million a year, I would say, uh, you know, from his previous contract. He wants four years and $227.5 million a contract, and that number hasn't really changed. So when I'm comparing against the player I extended at the running back position, who's viewed as a top five running back, and who got a four-year, $97 million extension, sure, I would – 
I, I would clearly like to extend the receiver most of the time and give the receiver the years. If, if their age is closer to 25, 26, 27, even than than a running back, I think we, I think we all would, but because, you know, Tyreek Hill make, makes 50 some million dollars a year currently, and he's Tyreek Hill in our league is expiring and, and maybe, maybe he gets tagged, but he won't. The good news is you can take advantage of Tyreek Hill not being extended because of salary is so much that he's not going to go into the average next year. So maybe Devontae Adams for me becomes an option instead of four years, 227 and a half million. One of the big things is to know those percentages too. Yeah. So know that a four-year deal, that the first year of that deal is 22% of the total salary, then 24% for year two, 26% for year three, and 28% for year four. And then you can kind of walk that, walk that back to compare that to what your franchise tag is. So if you take that 22% in year one, and you compare that to what your franchise tag is. And if the franchise tag for that player, you, either via the via 120% raise or, or the, sorry, or the top five average is less than that, then, hey, for me, I can, I know that I can tag Devontae Adams in the offseason for $41 million. I can also tag Darren Waller for $26 million. Darren Waller wanted four years, 151 million in my league. And that hasn't changed, even though his, you know, you could argue that he's disappointed a little bit relative to his position and the coaching change and, and, and whatever optics. So, so I, I exercise. So basically you want to take all your assets that are expiring and kind of look at them against one another. And, and for me, I, Often it's not it's not always a given, but I like to tie everything to the franchise tag. So like I, I don't necessarily like to use that cycle to to use both my my ways of protecting my players in the same transaction, but I will do that if that makes economic sense, basically. So I'm always looking at what the franchise tag is, calculating positional scarcity. I think the franchise tag is the best index of, especially in the offseason when you do a franchise tag and extend, that, that volatility that you complain about during the year goes away. It's only, you, you at least know what that is and whether you're willing to give it or not is, is a different story. But like, you know, when someone says, oh, well, McCaffrey's been injured for me for four weeks and his value hasn't changed, that's because he's one of the top players in the league. It's not going to change. You know, whereas like a guy like who, who is decent, like in pod league, I feel like I've seen Deontay Johnson go from four years, 121 million, now kind of walk it back to four years, 85 million. And, and maybe there's some quarterback uncertainty there going forward, you know, so some team performance, et cetera. So, so there's just a lot of dynamics in play. And for the, for the player that just has a you know, for the Elijah Mitchell types who, who come off, nobody's expecting to do well and they perform right away and, and, and everything else, they are going to have an inflated number. You only, the thing is, like, I, I don't really think people should complain about it. It's just like, you don't like what the extension number is for whatever reason, you just, you just don't accept it. But the, the best strategy, I think, is to, to take these pieces and figure out how you can protect as many players as you can in, in, in a systematic way. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, but I'm going to say this, right? Like, the, the frustration that comes is, is oftentimes, at least for me, 
is not directed at RSO. It's the fact that, like, I don't know where I kind of like the gambling element of the extension. And it's like, I really, the, when those first couple weeks of the extension come out, you like like to play the roulette game a little bit. You like to let the wheel keep spinning and see if mm-hmm. you're gonna if you're gonna extend the player. And that has led to some like literally like tens of millions of dollars of jumps in the players in some players' cases like this season. So I think you and I need to be more attentive to our listeners. And I think we're gonna build in a week to week. Like here's what here's the kind of players that we think anticipating. At least I'm willing to look ahead and say like, hey. Yeah maybe tag like uh, a player like Elijah Mitchell or Ayuk or whatever this week, because they might pop off next week. Or like, this is, this would be the time to go ahead and tag um, the players that are the darlings of a particular season, like the uh, James Robinsons or something, even if they're making exorbitant demands, but it'll be a fun exercise mentally in game theory yeah. to figure out like what for sure but like but think about it this way if you if you're the if, if you jumped on someone like mike williams early after he destroyed my browns at the game i was at at sofi stadium which is which is amazing and i hope all, all all you in the community can get get out to at some point in time and your vikings went in there and just like they did two years ago when i was there like destroyed the chart or won against the chargers again so they do like playing in Los Angeles, it seems, at least against the AFC. So I I think that, you know, if you extended Mike Williams after that, <laughs> then you're, you're seeing kind of um, the latent potential kind of slow down a little bit in, in, in the curve. And and so you're, you're in that, if you've ever seen that chart, my son has it for Little League, it's basically like expecting gains and then there's a valley, it's called the Valley of Disappointment. And so I, I would say you're probably with Mike Williams in that right now. And I think better, better days are ahead, but Justin Herbert's performance has kind of gone with that, with, with a guy like Williams. So I, I, I think that it, you want to make sure that things are aligning, especially if you're doing something with a receiver, that their quarterback, that you're pretty confident about their, their relationship with their quarterback and that future and coordinators and real life in checking spot track or over the cap and looking at the real life outs and ins and outs of when a team can can move on from a player. And, and, and that was part of the process I, I did when, you know, after we talked with the running back that I extended and, you know, so there's, there's a lot, a lot that goes into it, but I I think that, I mean, ultimately it's a, it's a good tool. I I think to me, the biggest risk is that (laughs) one of your buddy GMs gets too good of a deal. And, And that, I don't think that happens very often. Like, you know, if Christian McCaffrey went four years and a hundred million, even though that's probably less than you go for an auction, I don't know that everyone would be like jumping, jumping from the top rope and, and criticizing how friendly that is versus if somebody, you know, if DJ Moore was getting four years and, and four years, $16 million, I think everyone would be like, oh, this, this system is whacked. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's let's. I want to throw some names at you and uh, and talk to you about these things. The, these guys are going to be making these kind of demands. We know that older running backs like Christian McCaffrey and and uh, and, and it's not even fair to characterize them as old at twenty five. Alvin Kamara is only twenty six. These guys are asking for four years. Um, 
is it is it totally context dependent on the the auction like we talked about or are we are we are we asking people to shy away from extending them for four years do you think at this point uh and try to play the year-to-year game on them in in a vacuum i i, I think that my, that's our advice usually in a vacuum but are are given the rise the kind of dramatic rise that's coming in the in the cap speculation that it's going up to 220 mm-hmm. you you kind of have a cushion built in to absorb one contract right. like that right so that's that that that's that's kind of where my mindset's changed a little bit. I, I think like I do like playing the year to year, and maybe you do the year to year, and do that with the, like you see you you franchise tag the, a player like that in the off season if you decide that's cheaper than than the extension. If it's not cheaper than the extension, like if you do the do the math exercise that I outlined before, and then make your decision accordingly on that. Because if if McCaffrey is four four years two hundred million, but you're, but the tag is thirty million, take the take the tag, extend them, then see what's behind the hood of the of the franchise tag offer. And I, I can promise you if, if 30 million is the first year, take that 30, take that 30 million, which is the franchise tag, save off a couple million dollars. Like ba- basically take that 30 million, divide it by 0.22. And that's going to be the, around the total life of the contract. Maybe take a couple million off of that because they'll give you a little bit of a discount for signing a long-term deal. And you can you can back into what you think the franchise tag mapped ex- tag and extend extension would be. Yeah, very good. I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit, and I'm going to give you uh, three names that we both like that we've both talked about a lot. Uh, one name that we haven't talked about a great deal, but here's three names that I, I want to consider as as we talk about players to target to trade for. Um, for whatever reason, uh, these guys are typically considered top 10 dynasty assets. Saquon Barkley was a, a wonderkind that, that took the league by storm. His injuries have sapped some of that allure for many of his uh, general managers. DeAndre Swift is kind of the fastest rising from a rookie class that's impressed us. Uh, I'm operating here, full disclosure, under the assumption that everybody has Jonathan Taylor as their one or their two in dynasty as, as like a overall asset and as a running back. So the, the three names that I wanted to put in front of you are Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, and Nick Chubb. Barkley for some context is 24, Swift is only 22, and Chubb is 25. Um, is there one of those three that you absolutely think uh, if, if, you're, if you're swapping these players, if you're targeting these players, is there one that like stands out to you as this is the guy that we got to tell our listeners to go get? Because I, I've been doing this exercise in my head and I've been really torn about this uh, with Barkley in particular. And I think despite my love for Chubb and despite your, your, your Chubb apparel that you've purchased, I think Barkley's still at the top of that three-person heap for me, followed by Chubb and then Swift. Where do you rank them? In, ter- in terms of signing them in a startup or, sorry, like... Yeah, yeah. You- signing them in a startup, trading for them, right? They're all kind of comparable in value right now in terms of the assets you have to get up to go get them, to be honest. Like you, I've seen them swapped for each other. I've seen draft picks in a similar range be dealt for, for these guys that are, you know, they're fetching first, like 
multiples still, you know, so. Right, well, yeah, except in one of my leagues where DeAndre Swift was sold at a Swift discount, but. Which is terrible, which is yeah, terrible. No, I know. Do not sell um, Swift for a discount, even though he plays for the Lions, and even though he's, yeah, he's so, arguably the PFF's I, worst run that, over to the tackles. Yeah, that's the, the, the hard part about that is, like, when you break down these three, so, I, I mean, if you're if you're looking at a startup, I, I honestly think I would start with Swift because one, one and, and everyone on this who listens to this pod knows what my affinity for, Chubb, for Nick Chubb is. I, I think my my order would be Swift, Chubb, Barkley. Um, I'll answer the question um, directly. Swift, Swift on account of age and versatility. Chubb in terms of offensive identity, and then Bar- Barkley is just I, like you don't know if Gettleman's still going to be around. I, I mean, they're going they're going to keep. Obviously, they used high capital on on Barkley, but you want to. You want to see him like really get through. I think a lot of and a lot of things questions will be answered about Barkley between now and the end of the season, basically. Just on can he can he stay healthy? What type of is he is he consistently perform? Is he consistently performing? Is or is it basically like he has one breakthrough run or or amazing play? a, a game and that basically boosts his totals so I think I, I want I want to see that for myself because it, it's been a it's been a hot minute since he's flashed in any way shape or form fair enough fair enough look at like we'll keep it we'll keep it rolling then the the wide receiver uh realm has become fascinating too as we go through Diggs has underperformed relative to expectations uh, Devonte Adams is, is turning in a good year, but not like the superlative year that we all anticipated just running away with the target lead. Um, Jamar chase splashed on the scene. Uh, do you have a clear number one wide receiver in your mind in the RSO format? As far as like a guy that you want either on a rookie contract or a guy that you would, that you would throw a lot of money out of the startup. This is the hard one for me, right? Like my homerism totally has Jefferson up top. Uh, my fantasy analyst has three or four other guys that I'd be willing to throw in that mix too. So talk to me. Is there one that like stands out to you that you're like, absolutely, this is the guy right now? Because it's kind of cool. This is going to be an off season where we're like, I don't know that we have a clear number one. Right. Yeah. And, and, and with the uncertainty with Adams's contract and whether he's, you know, in Roger's situation, whether they stay in Green Bay or not, is pretty, is, is a, I mean, maybe by t- hopefully by the time people have auctions, they'll have some answers to that. For me, and I'm, I, I, I like I like Jefferson a lot. Um, for me, I, I think that the guys that I'm thinking about, it's really Jefferson. Like I think I'd put C.D. Lamb a little bit ahead of Jefferson, but I I think those would be my top two guys. Um, if I'm looking at startup, I think just the. I, Lamb may be a little higher just on quarterback situation and the fact that I think like, you know, there's, there's an out for Cooper this, this year, potentially Gallup is a free agent. So I, I just think that just a little bit, a little bit better of an offense, but Kirk, Kirk's had a pretty good year too. And, and Jefferson, the, the Chargers certainly couldn't handle Jefferson last week. I mean, I saw a lot of that. Uh, yes. Yes. My, 
my my beloved home teams finally decided that Justin Jefferson perhaps merits more targets than uh, CJ Ham, our fullback. That that yeah. I striking striking genius coming to you out of the the north. Right, and you yeah. saw like KJ Osborne. I don't think was targeted that game. Maybe one target. So it's, yeah, um, it's and, okay. It's yeah. really okay. <laughs> right. No, I know. I know. So that that was, it was good to see him get utilized that way. I I mean. There's a like, I mean, it's kind of amazing a little bit with injury and whatnot, but how like Hopkins has fallen off like from that conversation. And I I mean, you know, I I think like Tyree kills is still really explosive on the field, but like, you know, if if you're wanting an every week consistent option in a good offense, I think that Lamb and Jefferson are the guys I'd, I'd be starting with. Sounds good. That sounds great. I, I'm a little, the, the other guy that I have very firmly in my mind that just because he's such a specimen and because I love Russ is DK Metcalf. Like I think he, he deserves a place in that conversation. He's only a year older than those guys and he's just a, a different <laughs> looking cat than the, the other two, you know, like he's just built different. So. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, just, I have a unique perspective on this because the, the 10 minutes I'm running to pick up my kids from school or drop them off for activities or whatever. I, I do listen to some sports radio here. And, and I think that there is starting to be some rumble uh, on Metcalf about his attitude, his attitude and demeanor on the field that that's starting to become a problem <laughs> Interesting. In, 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 in terms of like his, he's gotten a lot of penalties this year for either celebrations or taunting or this, that, and the other. And, and um, so I, I think that's becoming a little bit of an issue and he's starting to voice some frustrations and things like that. I don't think that there's no, nothing about anything off field, but I, I think like similar to the fashion when the Legion of Boom was breaking up, it, I think they just kind of got tired of like Pete Carroll's kumbaya moments as they'd say so I, I don't know I don't have any inside information on it but I I think that you know that's some that's something to monitor I mean they do have a new offensive coordinator Russ has been hurt like Carson you know big pieces of their offensive identity have been missing for key points of the season but I I and I think the national media is pointing to Russ, Russ basically wanting an out every year as, as you know, as a potential real thing. So yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you have to, you have to think through those things when you're, when you're thinking about Metcalf as well. Yeah. You know what? And, and you teed me up and I didn't hit it off the tee ball, but we got to talk for a second about the love hate that I have for my boy, Kirk cousins. He, I continue to love him in fantasy and loathe him in real life like he the man is turning in another top 10 fantasy season look if you if you look down any scoring format the guy is top 10 it is it is nuts like he's just doing it again this i guy, know like, it can't stop 
It's I read a stat today though that like I think that the running backs gotten tackled, I think like six times at the one or something. That's correct. That is correct. And, and then they throw these little one yard passes to Tyler Conklin had two last week. Yeah, Adam Thielen Cam, always gets Cam his. Had some yeah. Thielen seems to thrive in that. So it's just like as a you know, if you have the key pieces of that offense and Cook and Jefferson, sometimes like you're just kind of like, what do I have to do to like get this guy in fall to the end zone yeah totally that let's speak speaking of key pieces uh want to run you through tight ends and qbs quick too as we walk our guys like these are the high-end assets that i think you do everything you can to protect in in rso like you pay whatever price you need to pay you offer whatever extension you need to offer because they're always going to be tradable and i just i find them fascinating for that reason and they, they they are more fun for that reason um you and i were both heavy into Darren Waller this year and he has underperformed a little bit what we anticipated is he still clearly for and when I talk about the value that we place on tight ends in particular I'm talking really this season and next season is Darren Waller still clearly a top three guy in your mind like and if not uh are what what who what are the names we we assume Kelsey's there I he's still there for me I know you were you, you were saying that he didn't look the same to you but he, he, I think, answered some of those questions this last week. Um, but so is Waller still up there? And if not, who, who else? Who else should we put on the, the it's, three? It's a really, it's a really tough question. I mean, he did have a touchdown call back on penalties last week, and, and he has a lot of physical tools. I, that game against Kansas City just seemed like it got away from them, and Tyron Matthew was on them. And I, I, I don't know. I, I would. He, he's still definitively, I think he's tight end five in our so leagues now. I'm, I'm looking at it. I, I think that you still have to put him in that conversation. I think the question really becomes about A, can, can George Kittle stay healthy? And, and, and B, is, you know, is Mark Andrews basically like the go-to guy in in Baltimore. So I, I think it becomes more about those two than it does about Waller in terms of his position in, in the top three. I mean, sure. If he's getting 19 targets a game, I, you know, like he did in week one or whatnot, like, yeah, he, he's definitely a top three. I, I think that, I mean, remember it took Waller a little while to get to NFL. So I, I don't know his age right now. Um, He's uh, 29 years old, I believe. 29. So, it, yeah. and Kelsey, Kelsey's already like 31, I believe. So, Kelsey's 32 already, believe it 32. or not. 32. So, yeah, I mean, there's Tony Gonzalez played till effectively, I think, till he was like his late 30s. So, I, I, I mean, you have to be a little more careful about signing these guys to deals. But for me, I think, I, th I think I like, I think I like Andrews a little at least this season, a little more than Waller right now with like Gruden being out in, in um, Las Vegas. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And Andrews was the heavy buy for me in the Just, past off season. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I was a year too early on him this year. He's playing off paying dividends across RSO leagues. Um, is Kyle and, Pitts already like already top three for you? Has he leapfrogged Kittle and Andrews and Waller? Is he the clear number two in your mind at this point, as he is in most fantasy analysts? I mean, in in Dynasty, yes. In 
probably I'd, I'd like to see a little more consistency out of him, but I, I think some of that flows with Atlanta, Atlanta's game, like how their game flow goes. Uh, sounds good. So look, look, we, we would, it wasn't perfect with Waller for us. I will say that you and I, I think we're both lower on Hawk than, than many fantasy analysts in this off season. And I think we led our listeners the right direction on that. Like I, I didn't dislike him. I just mm-hmm. wasn't, I wasn't sounding, laying out the carpet and sounding the trumpets like other analysts were on that guy. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone just assumed that, um, that Jared Goff would target him. I, I think like going a little further in tight end, one guy who's just really tough to figure out is Gesicki. I mean, he's, he, he's tight end four in terms of fantasy points right now, I think in most RSO leagues, he's also had his floor is, is zero and he's done it twice already this season. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly better with Tua, but like, I mean, I start, I got cute last week and it cost me a game. I started Gesicki, you know, you and I talked about it and you told me to not start Gesicki. I was waiting out James Robinson's injury, wasn't confident, kind of like lock in Thursday night type thing. And so I, I have Waller and Gesicki and I played them both. I, I had Waller play at flex and I had guys like Daryl Williams, Dearness Johnson, James Robinson on my bench as a result of starting Gesicki and, and just watching that game and it being, it being an Island game, like just seeing like the type of targets he was getting from Brissett, who was terrible. And then Tua, I mean, I, I've heard Stefania Bell was saying that Tua, Tua's fingers more messed up now than it was when they were trying to let it heal. Cause I think he took another shot this past week. So Kasiki is a guy that, you know, I, I like as a standalone at, at a tight end position that's kind of shallow, but if you're, if you're starting to think about him in, in a flex beat based on what he's done, it get it gets kind of tricky to trust that offense and and him. Like if if you're playing, like I, I feel like I'm keeping him nowhere near my like playoff starting lineup based on what I have what I have as alternatives and and built in volume because I I want a higher floor than zero. Yeah, that's a great call. I have a, I have a, an affinity for another player that I have similar feelings about, though, to what you're describing, you're, you being torn on Gasicki. Dawson Knox coming back from injury is a guy that I've liked for a long time. I really try to target tight ends. It's not brain surgery for me with tight ends. I try to target tight ends that are attached to quarterbacks that seem to hone in on them and that are attached to, to offenses that are performing. And I want them to be like the second or third option in their offense and get get those touchdowns right and Dawson Knox was was rewarding that particular process nicely this year in a way that he had in years prior but I'm with you I'm really torn whenever I throw him in the lineup now because a he's come like a person who catches a football for a living with messed up hands at the moment and b like he's he has a zero point floor sometimes and that's the reality of any of these guys and so Good call. I, I, I'm glad you talked that one out loud for me because I, I, I'm always interested in these guys, but I keep coming back to, I feel better about this position now than we did at the start of the season. Are you, are you of, of a mind on that? Oh, too? for sure. I mean, yeah. I think that Pat Fryermuth was a guy I, I kind of liked in rookie drafts, but just couldn't pull the trigger on another tight end. And, and maybe Penn state is, is kind of like tight end you now with, with, yeah. with him and Gesicki. Um, with Fryermuth and Gisigay, I mean, Roethlisberger has good, good chemistry with him, kind of like he did with Heath Miller. 
So I think the pool, you still have guys like, like Noah Fant, the guy, I mean, Dalton Schultz has flashed a little bit in Dallas here and there. I mean, the Brown, Tyler Conklin's been decent for, for the Vikings. Uh, so I, I think there's, in Hig, Higby's, a, a, Higby should have a cemented role, especially with Robert Woods out. Like even, I mean, I was listening to sports radio here. They, the Seahawks still like Gerald Everett a lot. They, the comment was that he never goes down on the first tackle attempt. So I, I can see, especially if Russ's hand is it, like throwing the deep ball is in his, as accurate as he's been with that like I could see them like if you if you're desperate need a bye week down the stretch like in weeks 13 14 like a guy like Everett could be somebody that you you may want to think about or when Travis Kelsey is buying week 12 or something you know speaking of that right like let's talk this final calculus as I build the last category for you uh, famously in the writers league this year, I talked to you at the beginning, I, I did something completely uncharacteristic and went three quarterbacks in the for top five picks. And I went Trevor Lawrence, then Trey Lance, number three and Justin Fields, number five. Um, PFF would characterize it as I made an egregious error because Mac Jones is actually the best rookie quarterback in real football so far this season. Um, I'm still totally confident in all those guys over Zach Wilson. Um, do you have a clear ranking in your mind of guys that you want to, because here's the cool part. I think if you're the kind of person that's looking forward to the, the upcoming season and you have a Stafford and you have like a, a really good quarterback this year, trying to, trying to get, this might be the last chance you have to get one of these guys, right? Lawrence is under, underperforming every week. Fields is just a, a roller coaster. Trey Lance is sitting on the bench. I think now's the time you can go get one of these guys. Is there one in your mind that you still feel confident about their future in the NFL over the other two? It's that is such a difficult question. Um, I mean, there, there's things I could pick apart on all of those. And, and with, with Lawrence and fields, it's, it's coaching Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, um, I mean, Shanahan has more of a track record, but it's, it's more predicated on, on the run. So I, I, you could even argue from a quarterback perspective, whether Lance, you know, Lance is probably like the, the least of all evils, but he's also the, the players seen the least amount of playing time too. So I, I, that's, I, I think, it, I think in the end for me, I, I think that, if I, if I'm weighing longevity, this, that, and the other, and, and factoring everything in, Lawrence is probably still the guy I want, because Urban could be a one. Urban could be a one and one and done. I just think that Lawrence has a lot of the prototypical quarterback tools, plus he has some running ability and, and just kind of like that feel. So like if, if you want to say who who's more most likely to turn into like a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert, I, I think that. Um, I think Lawrence Lawrence is. I, I think the big thing with like, it would be close, like him over Fields. For me, the the differentiation with Fields is that that Bears offensive line is just treacherous, and, and I I just worry about just kind of the lick, the licks that he he's already taken, and and what the, what that looks like. I mean, I I, I can't I can't see 
Allen Robinson being back with that with that team via extension or a tag for second year just seems like he he's also maybe some of his effort on the field was has waned a little bit so I, I and that doesn't mean that they don't have they couldn't use other options and I thought fields looked great in that Monday night game against Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago and it was fun it was really fun to watch but I um I, I think Lance is still a little bit of a project. So I, I, I would I would go Lawrence. Um I, I don't know about what you'd be thinking. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you actually. I, I still I guess believe in Lawrence the most for the pedigree. I think he's uh, was a better player coming out. Um and for fantasy, I like the legs on the other two guys. I think I, I appreciate the potential upside of, of the Konami code um that yeah, they offer. It, it's it's hard though because like I mean if you think about it, we're at least in two leagues that were that like you and I are familiar with or, or even if you include fishbowl, I, I think that you have to gravitate towards what your scoring system is and I and I I'm I'm of the I, I kind of take a real life NFL approach a little more on what's value you know what's valuable and may translate theory and I know QB wins isn't a fantasy stat but like I think that the you know I want accurate I want accurate quarterbacks for first and foremost if they have the ability to run the ball even better but if you have the combination that I know we have the Konami code stuff and and if you look up Jalen Hurts I think is is QB2 and and yeah he's awesome some scoring leagues and but it, I, I, I guess the quite and he and he's been good this year. It's just the question is, do, you know, if you think about it, would you rather have a guy like that or a guy like, you know, Dak Prescott? So, yeah, and I guess that's the last question I have for you. As I, as I was thinking through the end of year, the the strength of schedule looks real good for three quarterbacks, and they're quarterbacks that that we've considered some. the The best remaining strength of schedule by fantasy points allowed is a guy named Derek Carr. And then the, the other guys are Russell Wilson and one Baker Mayfield coming in right behind him. And it strikes me like those are all very gettable guys at the moment based on what's happened to them. Russ, because of recent injuries, Derek Carr, because he seemingly is always available on every trade block in every fantasy league at all times. Like nobody just loves the kid. And then Baker Mayfield is banged up and and hurting and we don't we're not even sure that he can finish the season right and so this is the like if you're a contender are you trading for any of those guys now um to like bring you home to the championship because they they're very gettable right and they're and they really do have the best strength of schedule remaining for for quarterback so Derek Carr was one who were Russ Russ Russ. and Baker hmm uh, yeah, I, I don't know that Baker's. I mean, they play Baltimore twice with a buy sandwiched in between. Um, I mean, Cleveland's got Detroit, Baltimore twice, Las Vegas, and then at Green Bay, whose defense has been really good lately, and at Pittsburgh, which seems to have his number. So I, I don't want. I don't. I don't want Baker until he's healthy. I, yeah. You know, I, I just he's. He's said today he's more banged up than he's ever been. I mean, he says knee went numb when he came out of the game the other day. So, I mean, his knee issue is a toe issue. He's going to have to have shoulder surgery in the offseason. Um, Carr, I mean, you're getting to an interesting place with, you know, what's been going on with that team, too. They've lost a few, uh, lost a few in a row, a lot of, 
know, some all the off the field stuff seemingly impacting performance. And then they just ran into like Mahomes on a really good day. So I, I think, I think Carr may be the option that, but I mean, they they also do have to kind of figure out what they're going to do with Marcus Mariota is a free agent at the end of the season. He's healthy. If this goes south a little further, like you, you don't know if he's going to start getting some looks. So, That's a good deep pull for those of you guys yeah. out there oh. in, in two quarterback leagues. Stash that boy. Yeah, I mean, I, I signed him to a cheap four-year deal in, in the pod league just thinking like – the, the question is when you get in these super flex leagues, it's like, you have some guys who aren't starters, but I always want to, when I think that somebody at least is an NFL starter, then I'm willing to take a flyer contract to long-term and cheap. If I, if I have it available to me. So I, I do think next year, I don't know whether I'll get that consideration, but I think Mariota is, you, you could argue, like you can certainly make a case for him being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so that, that's my life. I, I mean, Tom Brady's kind of got a ridiculous schedule down the stretch with the exception of Buffalo in week 14. So like, you know, I, I mean, I'm only, I only have this written down because I, I was analyzing which defenses I'd be starting in the one league. I have defenses going down the stretch. No, good call. And that would be the heartbreak city. Make a trade. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the heartbreak city for me is like, as a contender, if I had Trey Lance languishing on my bench, would I give up the kid with worlds of potential for the Tom Brady's of the world right now? And, and I think if I'm going for the big W, if I'm really truly a top one or two or three team in my, in my league, that's the exact kind of move I recommend to our listeners, right? It hurts, but we're not playing with trading cards here. We're playing to win, you know? Right. And, like, and that's the, the play to win the game. Yes. Yep. So no, no, you, you did a good, you ran the gamut there, man. I think, I hope this was useful for our listeners. It's, it's really cool to think about. And just to think about the way we didn't even get into guys who, who we view so differently than we did at the beginning of the year. The, the, you know, we're, we're all just sitting around praying that Alan Robinson goes somewhere good in free agency. He's been a total ghost and just destroyed so many rosters. We've, you know, Brandon Ayuk is another one that I love that just is just, just awful like in every way right now, like it, there's just, just pain and heartbreak. Um, right. So, yeah, but there's been some really good stories too, though. Think about it. Like Daryl Williams being the guy everyone thought CEH would be guy. I mean, guy that I know you've talked, talked about before in chat, James Connor. I mean, yeah, I love that kid. Like just a great story, you know, be lymphoma and is, is like found a change of scenery in Arizona and is, is you know if, if you want a guy like he's a great flex play in leagues or running back too just a guy you know like if you're chasing touchdowns it's a guy who's basically scoring every week and i know like matthew barry jokes about whether or not you know his he you know foghorn leghorn he guarantees a touchdown for connor but it, it basically come to that point and there's very few guys you, you could pencil it like mccaffrey hasn't really gotten into end zone like Kamara doesn't always get into the end zone like Dalvin same thing so like you know if you could pencil in a touchdown for for a running back and then you know in, in a good offense and when Kyler comes back and unfortunately the guy we were both high on Chase Edmonds 
you know, ha- has had some injuries and they, I do like his long, long-term outlook, but I mean, James Connors looked, look, looked like a pretty nice signing and guy, guy I like, I mean, I don't know. He, I mean, he just started playing again, but we'll see what happens down the stretch with Jeff Wilson. I, I really like what Elijah Mitchell's brought and it's been a great story. I, I do think Jeff Wilson has some kind of role. I think Shanahan trusts him and like likes him, and and I mean he's just a guy that you could probably like get do an extension like two years and four million bucks seems to be like the. I mean I think that's like around the money that like Dearness Johnson is getting offered in most leagues, and I think that's kind of like the minimum extension type thing in a way like that the system allows. So like. And Dearest Johnson made himself some money in free agency too. I think like just as getting get an opportunity to have a role with the team next year. And, and so, I mean, I, I mentioned a lot of running backs. Those, those are good. Those are good stories. And, you know, in, in terms of rookies and everything else, like a, my boy, Elijah Moore is, is, is still pretty interesting. He's starting to score some touchdowns and really perform and not, he hasn't really found the chemistry with Zach Wilson yet, but, he the, the thing with more that you have to be careful about is just snap share he's he's part of a rotation he seems to be in on third downs but on early downs they're not necessarily using him as much so no, it's um, true but now he has an elite quarterback throwing to him this week so he'll be fine he, he, he was yeah he threw like of his of the 40 some yards that more had he had 40 of it was from flacco towards the end including a tutty so yep you, you never know, but just like, unfortunately, we don't have a great um, Thursday night game this week with the Patriots against the, the Falcons. And, and I, I will say I'm, a, I'm impressed by Mac Jones. Um, he just seems to have good touch and, and runs, a, you know, I never, I don't know that he's going to be like a flashy fantasy guy. And, and, and so I, I don't know if like the, the Kirk Cousins type seasons are going to happen for him necessarily. But just like watching the guy's NFL player, he seems to be a guy who's going to get going to not cause his team to lose too often. Yeah, yeah. But you, you at least feel better at this point about his job security. Like he seems like the long term starter for the New England Patriots, which is which is a useful player in especially in Superflex. And yeah, I think I think the hope is that he becomes Kirk Cousins, that his his accuracy and his weapons get improved to the point that that he is useful on a week-to-week basis for us so yeah well listen man it was good catching up uh and you have any place you want our listeners to go to or any questions they want you want them to ask of you on twitter and on on the bird app yeah i mean just uh, anyone can always reach out to me at matt goody too my followers can dm me if they have anything specific or if they want other people to see what they're asking uh, um I'm an open book. I I try to get to my messages pretty quickly, like, you know, around my day job and everything else. Um, I mean, this is the the fun, fun part about what we, what we get to do, you know, sometimes. So um, that, that, that's basically it. I know we haven't done a ton of these, but it's been fun. It's always great to catch up with you. And, and what about you? Where can we find you? You have any parting words? Yeah. At fantasy.coc, we are absolutely willing to help you out as trade deadlines approach and and final words are needed and sometimes you just need someone affirming or negating what you're thinking to get you over the edge but hopefully this has been helpful as you think about who to extend the kind of contracts you want to offer and we just really appreciate you get get out there 
throw on some uh, some more reviews for us. It's been a while since we've gotten some feedback. We want to hear how this is going for you. Uh, we're, we're building a lot of episodes, and we'll have new guests for you coming at the coming at you in the future. So we really appreciate you sticking rolling with us on All About Reality. And this has been another episode of All About Reality. <laughs>